welcome to another episode of Shading the Culture. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. This is your host, Neverlene. Show. Unfortunately, we are missing our other third, Sophia. Um, mm-hmm. We miss you, girl. We miss you, but the show must go on. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, girl, how you doing today? What's new? What's new? Let's check in. Girl, well, um, today I went to church, you know. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's been a minute. And Mm -hmm. um, it was good, you know, refreshing. And I was just getting myself ready for the week I'm about to tackle for work. Yes, girl, yes. Finally, you're joining us again after seven (laughs) days of not being, (laughs) participating with us. Listen, don't hate. I love it. Okay. Yeah, girl. Well, don't tell me not to hate because I definitely do hate. For those of you guys who don't know, Navarlene has a modified work week where she works seven days on and then seven days off. Um, That's right. Which I mean, I think is good and bad in some ways, but I'm so jealous on her seven days off that she has. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did actually, I went to church today and um, it was actually, it was pretty good, you know, like, um, I just feel like when it gets around this time of the year, I feel like just really grateful in general, because I feel like um, 2019 has been a really, really beautiful year for me. It's been filled with like lots of lessons and Mm. not like any more blessings than usual, but more in the sense of like this year, I think about halfway through, I've been very intentional about like be showing gratitude for all the blessings that have happened. And, um, you know, like, won't he do it (laughs) so like you know like I'm grateful for that um and um you know my birthday is coming up soon so (laughs) what's not to be grateful for yes 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 (laughs) yes um but you know um I mean Mm. but other than that everything's good right you too yeah everything is good um so what's 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 what you got for us today on the uh Black excellence. Okay. okay, so for Black excellence um, today, um, I have chosen to highlight, um, her name is, I know I'm probably going to say this wrong, um, forgive me, her name is Tamia Dean, mm. and she's a former cheerleader at, um, she was, a, she was, sorry, she was a, cheer, a cheerleader at Kennesaw State mm. University, and um. A couple of years ago, I mean, or maybe sometime earlier, like in 2018, her and some of the other cheerleaders actually took a knee during um, the... Oh, during the game. The national anthem. Yeah, during the national national anthem. And I think it was was televised. Anyway, so she and I think those other cheerleaders actually got repercussions for doing that. And part of that was they had to sit out two games, like in the back, like during the mm-hmm. national anthem. So, um, but why I'm highlighting her is that she, Mama, actually took. Them oh, to and she won! I heard about the. Yeah, she did. She did, and she got a settlement of a hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. And um, <laughs> girl, yes. Yeah. So it says that she, um, so she's actually a current uh, student right now at Georgia University. She got. $93,000 and her two lawyers, um, Bruce Key Brown and Randall mm-hmm. A. Mayer got $52,000. Mm. 
um, from that. And um, so I just want to highlight her because, you know, it takes courage to stand up for what you believe True. in. Um, and I admire that, like, cause you know, obviously she's in college, so she's pretty young, but she did decide to like participate, um, in, in that, mm -hmm. in it. And, you know, she got the repercussions and she was able to actually take things to court. And what people I think maybe don't understand about like the legal system is that sometimes when there's precedent, it's easier to, you know, like to prove something exactly. else, you know, like for other court cases to then come in and be understood. So, um, Tomia Dean, we say congratulations to you and we say thank you. For yes, girl. And she just got her tuition paid for the rest of <laughs> the rest of her life. Yes, girl, like, listen. Actually, girl, I think that that's about how much I owe in student <laughs> loans. So, Mama, if you want to donate to my cause, girl, please go ahead and donate to my cause. School combined, right there, girl. So, yes, go ahead and yes, get education yes, girl, for free. Yes. Um, yeah, I people think I'm kidding when I say that this whole um, presidential thing, I'm be basing it on who's going to give me the best For outcome. Right. Loans, but I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Yeah. I'm not playing. Come through Elizabeth Warren. Come through um, Andrew Yang, mm -hmm. which, of course, Rob is Yang gang. I like so he's Yang. always like, I like him. I do. Yeah. I mean, I like him too, but I don't necessarily know that he's actually going to win. But we'll, we'll see. see. Um, but I mean, but that's our Black excellence for today. What you got All for right. us, girl? So for today, we're going to be talking about Cordy being offset. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you guys have heard that apparently, um, what's that young man's name? Takashi 69 or Snitch 9, as, as they want to say. Basically, his girlfriend posted on live Instagram that uh, Offset slid into her DMs. And then I feel like the next day or the next morning, Cardi B got on live and Offset is there standing there holding the baby. And they're just basically explaining that, oh, you know, he got hacked because. Um, a few hours, like maybe 12 hours before his Twitter account, there were some like things um, that were posted on there that were basically claiming that he's gay and things like that. Things that are just completely outrageous that you know is not him or whatever. But mm -hmm. anyway, she claims, so she she gets there, she says, oh, well, his, we, we sitting here trying to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And so the problem mm -hmm. is people don't necessarily believe that it's true because the Instagram post was, or she posted, like him sending her that DM was 12 hours before the Twitter. Prior. So. Yes, before the Twitter mm -hmm. hacking, quote unquote, came through. And some people believe that it's mm -hmm. because either she did the fake Twitter hack so people could think that the Instagram was also hacked. If she he slid, that was someone who slid into that woman's um, DMs and things like that. Well, so um, <clears throat> what can I say about that? I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. Do you believe him? Do I you could, believe him? I could, I could see it being true because I know celebrities do get hacked, but I can't imagine having mm -hmm. your Instagram and your Twitter hacked at the same time. But hey. Well, unless you use the same like login information, yeah, that's true. For so again, them, right? again, it's definitely possible that you know um, that he got hacked. 
you know, but for me, I just, the part about it that, um, whether it's true or not, I don't feel that she needs to go and make an announcement for him. You know, and see, that was the thing that I was going to say is like this, um, my, what I find to be the most problematic aspect of this is this like, um, ongoing, need to address every single thing Mm -hmm. that comes out um about you and sometimes when there is that desire and that need to constantly address everything it almost makes me believe that what's being said is actually true exactly right because I'm thinking about stuff like if someone went and posted on social media Joe is a hoe I'm not going to go find their posts and be like, well, um, let me tell you guys how um, this is my the number of my buddy count. And, you know, um, I'm not out here. No, because I don't yeah. care. And anyone who knows home, you. So why got to address it? Anyone who knows you knows it's not true. You know what I'm saying? But I do yeah, think exactly. that part of it is like, okay, I think that Cardi B and Offset, I feel like she has her own brand, but I also think that they have a brand together as being a hip-hop couple, you know what I'm saying? And so maybe that could be okay. part of the reason why she feels she needs to pr- protect that image. But, but, but her excuse for why it couldn't possibly be real was very lightweight. She was saying stuff like, come on. She's like, you know, he's not that stupid. You know, like, he's not going to mess up stuff like that. Like, you know. And I was like, girl, since when? Right. Because <laughs> like, the, since the girl, when? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> even Jay-Z like, and Beyonce are like a power couple. And that didn't stop exactly. him. Exactly. And here's, here's what's what. <laughs> he was cheating out. the whole, like, however many times on her. And nobody <laughs> knew until she came out with Lemonade. So, again, the whole situation, <laughs> it could be real. It could be, you know, not. It could be true. It could be fake. But mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, I do hope that... Um, that she's that she's not you know sacrificing those things just to keep up an image but i can understand i don't know what the pressures are being celebrity and things like that so i ain't gonna say but Mm -hmm. hmm, that is Mm -hmm. terrible i think the most important takeaway from this is don't invite us into your relationship Mm -hmm. like don't invite because you know there's and I know that some that there are some couples that are able to um withstand the whole like you know putting your life on blast like apparently you know like the Kardashians and well mm, yeah but anyways you know like there's some people who are able to do that is that is actually quite true but I'm like when you put your relationship under um like in public that Mm -hmm. way it's under so much scrutiny you know, to the point where it's almost as if you can't even hear your voice anymore. Because let's say you do believe him, but someone then says something kind of like, oh, well, you know, um, that happened to me and it turned out he was lying. And and then it's yeah. like all of a sudden you have this voice in your head telling you, you know, like, you, you know what I mean? So I really, yeah, I really, I'm glad that she's starting to keep them under like a little bit more. Yeah lock and key like we're not as aware what's going on but I really do wish her well because you know I feel I really strongly believe that she loves that man and I hope that he does rise up to the challenge of being that man that she needs him to be you know what I mean yeah girl I'm gonna need your background to be yeah I'm sorry silent. 
sorry, you guys. Um, uh, anyways. Okay. So. All right. Well, um, our topic of discussion today is actually toxic masculinity. Um, So to get us started on that, I'm going to, you know, give a little bit of a definition for us to go with. And the definition that I'm using is from an article in the New York Times called What is Toxic Masculinity? And it's by Maya Salam. I hope I just feel like I've been butchering um, people's yeah right today. But anyways, um, she so in the article quote is um toxic masculinity or traditional masculinity um ideology. It's so she has a few behaviors and beliefs that you know that she sets in to go with it. So one is suppressing emotions or masking distress. The other is maintaining an appearance of hardness or um, violence as an indicator of power. So think kind of um, tough guy yeah. behavior. So not expressing, not expressing yourself emotionally or, you know, um, associating anything feminine with being weak. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, the one, the one disclaimer that she does have in here um, is it doesn't mean that all men are inherently toxic. This is you know, I would say like, this is a select group of men. And sometimes I think like, as a, as a whole society kind of dances, this dance of toxic masculinity. But anyways, girl, so when I say toxic masculinity, what are some ideas you have? What are you thinking? Um, as far as examples, you mean of toxic masculinity? Or? Um, well, like, you know, just in general, like, what are you thinking? Like, um, about it? So it could be examples, whatever. Mm. Well, um, like you were saying about certain, like, I don't think it's something that is like means that men are toxic, but I do think that you run into certain behaviors that can be, can fit into the category of toxic masculinity. So when I say that, like, I'm, I could think, talk about like how I grew up with three brothers and Mm. Um, seeing those different things in my own life and my relationships with them and also how my mom supported those things because again anything that was considered feminine was not something that she felt was responsible to them like like as far as chores around the house and things like that you know Mm -hmm, he has to mm -hmm. take out the garbage you should be in the kitchen you you know um that uh-huh. sort of thing and so that's um <clears throat> well no I was gonna say so like for me I actually also you know I have two brothers and um Jared doesn't really count because you know <laughs> my little brother is actually 10 years right. younger than me and so like it wasn't as much but my older brother Jeff were like a year apart and um you know we actually lived in Nigeria for about seven years when we were younger and I remember um my aunt so my mom's aunt who um her and my mom's aunt and uncle kind of like raised us when we were in Nigeria I remember when we were younger um my brother was allowed to go play soccer with like this other like in this place or whatever but my aunt would never let me go 
And um, I like to tell people that I was born a feminist because (laughs) (laughs) from the time I was younger, I've always questioned like, well, why can't I, you know, or, you know, like I was very competitive with my brother. Like I wanted to run faster than Mm -hmm. him, which is, you know, he's (laughs) 6'4", so there is no me (laughs) running faster than him. But I just remember not ever wanting to be limited by the fact that I was, you know, like I'm a woman and he's a man. And, um, so fast forward to when we came here, um, I just, you know, it just wasn't ever like 100% equal because when my little brother was actually born, naturally speaking, I was the babysitter. So if you ask my mom now, she will say like, oh no, it was always equal, but that is, is a lie. Because <laughs> because um, when um, Jara was born, if our parents left, um, you know, like us to watch him, when we're in high school, my brother would just up and leave and go wherever he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never was, like, you know, there that. was like, <laughs> no, I could not because it would be like, you know, um, no, like you're, you're watching him. Like, and so it's like, even if, you know, we were both left there to watch him, it was just like by default. It was taking on the- who was watching yes. him. So like, yeah, yes. I would get his food. I did this and I did that. And so, you know, it was just, um, you know, or even, um, sorry, go on. I was going to say, like, to that, it's interesting because, say, when you get in arguments with your brother, they're like, oh, and they did something completely trifling. Oh, you have to be the person mm. to be the bigger person. Why is that? Why is yeah. that? You yeah. You know, no. So, so my mom, like, saying, you know, and I think, like, it's also important for us to acknowledge the fact that we're both um, mm-hmm. ethnic women, right? You know, so you were raised by a Haitian mom, and I was raised and um, by a Nigerian mother. And I think that those are just things that are very pervasive in our culture. So sometimes now as an adult, when I reflect back on it, like I think of myself and I'm like, I think maybe I was the weakest link Mm -hmm. because, um, because I think it was just easier for my mom to, you know, come to me because my mom would always do like this, like, guilt tripping because you know we both come from like very like collectivist culture where the family is like the center and you must do everything in the name of family and my mom would always come to me and she would say stuff like oh Justine your own brother Justine your (laughs) own brother like and I'm just like mommy like I have feelings too like you know and she'd be like oh but Justine like why can't she be the bigger person boys will be boys like oh girl he's older than me he's older than me why must I be the biggest bigger person he is physically bigger than me he is older than me so I'm like I don't understand like why do I have to be the person that has to like fold all the time exactly and you know and I feel like um well I think that this that upbringing and that idea that you know the guy is um placed above like in some way or he has no control it is I can and you should just forgive him because he has no control over what comes out his mouth because you know when they get angry da 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 the the not being able to control their emotions and only being able to express their emotions in anger and so therefore you should be a little more softer towards them knowing that information and I was just like, what yeah. baloney? If we don't give them the responsibility in the first place and teach them how to, then you're just continually perpetuating mm-hmm. that type of, that idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I would like for us to kind of, you know, um, discuss how toxic masculinity, but like how we as women kind of reinforce Mm. these behaviors, which I think kind of, you know, segues off of what you're saying about how, you know, these guys have all of these um, emotions and feelings and um, like, but the feelings that they tend to express tend to be the right. anger, right? Which, so something that I noticed, I watch a lot of divorce <laughs> court. <laughs> yes, I do. But um, a lot of the guys come in there and they say things like, oh, you know, my wife, she's so emotional. My girlfriend, she's so emotional. You know, like, she's always like, you know, like crying and whatever kind of situation. And one thing that um, sticks out to me is that the judge said to one of these guys, she said, you know, you're just as emotional because anger is an emotion. It is. And so when you get angry and you lose control, you're being emotional Exactly. So like acknowledge that, you know, and but also understand that there's a full range of emotion, but guys, their go-to is constantly anger, which anger is actually a secondary emotion. Usually when you're angry, there's something going on. Exactly. That, whether it's sadness, hurt, disappointment, yeah. worry, you know, tired, but there's something Underneath more that. going exactly. on there. But, and, yes. and that's the thing too. I remember I saw this video on um, Facebook. And it was this little boy who was mm-hmm. crying, but he was trying to hold in, trying <clears throat> to hold it in. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. he must have been taught that. Because children cry, babies cry, toddlers cry. And you telling mm-hmm. yourself, oh, you know, you, you're trying not to cry. That's that's something that you learned. Is it like, you know, you know, harden up, you know, something like that to make you not want to cry because they want to teach you early how to be a man. You know what I mean? And that is so, and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the thing is too, I think that as women seeing men cry also was, it was weird for me growing up because I was like, wow, you know, and that's the way in which we perpetuate, we perpetuate that because it's either the mom or the, or the father that's perpetuating. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry. You know, man up and things like that you shouldn't be crying and something like that and when they get older and it's time to connect to their wives and time to connect to their children it's going to be a problem because you can't communicate mm. you can't communicate in the way that you communicate to clearly tell or express yourself for your spouse or your children to understand what's going on with you because you're only expressing mm-hmm. it in one way, and that's the only way you know how to, because that's the only way you were allowed to, you know, growing up. Right, right, exactly. You know, um, I think that that is, um, I want to say that that is the biggest thing that I see as the negative effect of um, toxic masculinity, right, is this inability inability to connect Mm -hmm. with others right because I think that if you um if we all felt the full range of emotions and we were in touch with ourselves 
on an emotional level, it's easier to connect with others because then you can communicate and you can say something, right? You could speak up on your behalf and say, actually, that hurt my feelings versus exploding, right? Mm. Because I don't know about you, but if someone explodes on me, like if someone gets super upset and they're yelling at me, I shut down. I can't hear anything you're saying to me. Right. I cannot hear anything that you're saying to me at all. And um, so like, you know, I see that definitely for sure um, in, in, in relationships, yeah. right? Um, Girl, look, listen, so... here's, here's, here's what <laughs> came to my mind was that it is so bad in the sense that as soon as a woman is expressing herself and expressing her emotion, you looking at her like she's crazy because you don't know what that is. It's foreign to you. Mm-hmm. It's just foreign to you. And so you sit here calling her crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hate it when guys call women crazy. It bothers me on a really, really <laughs> deep level. Every guy friend that I have will tell you that when they say crazy, I look at them and I'm like, well, why is she crazy? What did you do to make her crazy? Or what did the guy before that do to make her crazy? Because have you ever tried to talk to a guy about your feelings and he's kind of looking at you like you've lost your ever loving Like mind. he has no understanding and of it, like what. Yes. And then it almost has you questioning yourself like, wait, am I making a big deal out of nothing? Right. Like, or is this, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. You know, when it comes to, cause I think that say when a woman cries, I mean, I don't like to see a woman cry, but do you know why? Cause when she goes off, there's probably some, it's probably a buildup of something like, like let's be honest I think you would know if she was like mental or crazy right I think that if you Mm -hmm. are if she if she's not being heard and she you know and then she just goes off when you're just looking at her like oh you're crazy (laughs) no she's not she's been trying to tell you but you just are not able to comprehend it you know and it's just like almost like fighting to get them to understand where you were coming from or the complexity of your emotions mm-hmm. and your thoughts and your feelings and wanting to and separating those things being able to separate thoughts and feelings anyways mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um i wanted us to also um kind of talk about how <clears throat> how we've seen it actually impact our specific lives hmm. For me, it's in the workplace. <laughs> oh, speak to because, speak to and I'll speak say that I mean, that. me being a black woman, right? I think that sometimes when I walk mm-hmm. in the room, and plus I live in Utah, majority white people, right? That 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 <laughs> is a factor. That is a factor. But I feel like when I walk into the room, before I used to feel like it was my job to disarm them. I want to say disarm mm-hmm. them to not think that I'm some like, you know, angry black woman. Um, Mm-hmm. So, because if I walk in with that level of confidence of I know what I'm doing and I know how to communicate what I need to communicate, communicate my needs, it's almost intimidating. I remember I had like a, what is it called? Um, dang. Six month review with my supervisor mm-hmm. And he said the word intimidating mm-hmm. in the meeting. And I was looking at him like, really? Why? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just being myself. And I feel that if I were a man displaying, it would just be considered normal. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes in subtle ways they ask me to soften. And I just don't, I don't know what that means, soften uh, my, or mm-hmm. make myself more approachable. I'm not sure how to do that because I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. I don't, and, and I think that has something to do with an image in your head of like what women are supposed to display. And if they display anything that looks like um, masculine, then it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that I think is actually a great example of it. But I also think that that also speaks to the intersectionality of your identities. Not only woman, but you being Black, right? And I think that as a Black woman, sometimes it doesn't take much to come off with that, what they would consider that masculine energy, right? Because, you know, if you think about the characteristics that are usually assigned to us is, you know, we tend to be very outspoken, very blunt, direct to the point, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, like here to, um, I don't know, because I find myself constantly in a place of where when I speak, um, which I usually think that I'm dropping whatever it is that I'm saying with a level of compassion and, you know, empathy, but yet it comes off kind of uh, blunt Mm -hmm. and, you know, people don't necessarily like appreciate, you know, what it is that I'm saying because it's, you know, oh, why? Like, why are you saying it like that? You know, or, um, you know, like you weren't smiling and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have to smile. I Girl, listen, did you hear how we just said that in unison? Um, So something I will say is, okay, so when I was in um, undergrad and um, in my undergrad, I remember that it's not, you know, I smile. I think that I have a happy face, but, you know, when I'm not smiling, I tend to look like I have RBF, resting face. And um, I remember one time I was walking from my apartment on campus and I'd had so many people say to me, like, you know, um, are you okay? Like, you know, you just need to smile more. And I remember I was walking up this hill to get on campus and I was like, I'm going to try to smile as I'm walking (laughs) up the, um, as I'm walking up the hill. Here's the thing. That was the most uncomfortable (laughs) walk of my whole entire (laughs) life. One, because I felt so awkward. I felt like I was acting versus just being myself. And not like, you know, yeah, exactly. I was performing and not necessarily like, oh, you know, um, like it wasn't like, oh, I wasn't happy on the inside and I was like smiling on the outside, but because I just didn't feel like smiling, but I was going up the hill smiling at people just thinking in my head, yo, like I look stupid. (laughs) Like I have to look stupid because like, there's no way my smile looks genuine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was my experience 100% in, um, in undergrad, you know, and I remember even like dating, um, you know, I did go to a religious school and, you know, Uh, we probably don't even need to delve into how toxic masculinity is also very pervasive Mm -hmm. in a lot of religions. Oh girl, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a, (laughs) yes, that's a whole nother conversation for a different time. Quick comment. Um, 
me being <laughs> responsible for you being attractive to me. Like I have to tame the beast that's within you. And that happens a lot in religion. And it's like, well, you want me to be responsible for another person's actions. Anyways. So I have a story. I have a story about that. So I remember when I was an undergrad, um, there was a young woman that got um, raped. Mm -hmm. And um, she was running on some trail um, somewhere. And I remember having the conversation with a group of my friends, of Mm. my girlfriends. And um, I just remember so many stupid questions that came up kind of, oh, you know, um, what time was it? And I'm like, why, why is that even a point of discussion? We've, someone's just been violated and you're asking what time of the day it was because, and, um, and the person who said that, of course, I told you it was a group of girlfriends was a woman is a woman. And she said, well, you know, because if you're out really late, it's almost like you're asking for it. Removing responsibility of and, the person who actually crossed the line. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And just like, just like that, the discussion was lost. Because I'm like, you're not even focusing on what actually happened and what just went wrong. Violated, Instead, you're right, blaming right. the victim. Yeah, you're blaming the victim. Because now it's what time of the day it was. And you know... um, because of my undergrad, I majored in psychology. I had a sociology of gender class and I had a psychology of gender class. And I remember the one time that we had this discussion about rape and, you know, cause this is a topic of discussion, obviously. And I remember this one guy raising his hand and um, saying, because someone said something like, well, you know, even if a woman was walking around the streets naked, um, she still is not going to get violated. And she should not be violated. And the guy said, well, I mean, but like, what you're wearing though. And I'm just kind of like, and I just also want to highlight the fact that this person is, um, was married. I don't know if he's still married, <laughs> but he yeah. was married to, oh, I need to clarify, was married to a woman. Right. right. Okay. I just want to clarify that. So I'm just kind of like, you know, you're missing the point. And that's this whole idea that like, it's okay for a man to be aggressive and take of whatever it is that's there. Because if you're not, if you're dressed a certain way, that means that you've already sent them a message that you clearly maybe had no idea you were sending mm-hmm. to them. And so like, that is what, and I'm like, this is, this is what toxic messaging yes. does and to us. Men can go around doing things with no responsibility And I wanted whatsoever. to let you know that like the school that we're talking about, they have like the honor code policy. There was a honor code protest. Ooh, honor code yes. protest that occurred because what was happening is that these girls, I think there was more than one woman who got raped Mm-hmm. but was afraid to was report afraid it, to report it because to report it. the precedent was that if you went and reported you would get kicked out of school because you yes, were because not you violated yes, you violated the honor code of the of, honor code wow well what time mm-hmm. was this guy in your room mm-hmm. or what you know what i'm saying and that's victim blaming mm-hmm. and i'm like is the honor code mm-hmm. about honoring because they're not honoring the honor code themselves. If, if we're, if you're saying like, what? So a protest occurred. I just wanted to let you know. I don't know if you knew about that. Um, against the honor mm-hmm. code having to do with multiple women getting raped and them getting kicked out of school. 
<laughs> because they broke mm-hmm. the honor code. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a situation where you are blaming the victim as if she wanted to mm-hmm. get raped or she was asking for it. And, you know, mm-hmm. how many... And it's interesting because you have people on both sides, male and female, because there are other there are mm-hmm. other women who believe that is also a woman's responsibility to control the the um, sensations of a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's really disappointing. It is. It is. Because, you know, most of the time I remember that, you know, when I was in my undergrad, the I remember that there was um my freshman year. I don't know if they did this in the male apartments, but our freshman year, there was a rape whistle in all of the female apartments. There was mm-hmm. a rape whistle in it. And um, <clears throat> and I and I truly believe that maybe if we did not just cater the conversations about how to be safe to um, to just women alone. And maybe if we actually also catered those conversations to men, because I'm like, you guys are just as much a part of this conversation as women. Exactly. But, you know, it's, but that's not necessarily how it happens, you know, because I think it's unfair that a guy could be out walking at three o'clock in the morning and nothing happened. But the minute a woman is out at three o'clock in the morning and something happens, then all of a sudden the conversation is, oh, what, but what was she doing out there at three o'clock in the morning? You know, but no one says mm-hmm. that, you know, to men. And, uh, and this is not to me, I don't think anyone should be like really out at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, what are you, know? you doing? Like, think... <laughs> <laughs> well, girl, not even what are you doing, girl? Like, go to yeah. sleep. Like, go to sleep. I, I'd be asleep at three o'clock in the morning, right. girl. I did not have the time. But um, anyways, but, you know, just, I don't know. Like, I, I think that this is clearly, like, a conversation that is not going to be fixed overnight. It's not. And, but I um, think men need to be a part of the conversation and start asking questions. Well, why is that, you know, that we're mm-hmm. asking those type of questions instead of asking him, what made you think you could violate her in such a way? What, why mm-hmm, couldn't you mm-hmm. understand that no, she don't want it? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like mm-hmm. why don't we have those type of conversations too? Like we need to have those conversations Girl. instead. But and it's that so is, hard yeah, because oh you also man. have women who were like in, like raised to believe in those things because their moms or women in family were telling mm-hmm. them, okay, this is how you know women should behave, <gasps> things like that. And so then mm-hmm. that ha- that's how these type of things be- um, become perpetuated, you know. But I do mm-hmm, feel that mm-hmm. the conversation is growing, and with the Me Too movement and things mm-hmm. like that, it's just you know different ways that we can in which we can tackle toxic masculinity that would be beneficial for both men mm-hmm. and women. So, um, because you just brought up the whole Me Too movement, but um, on Apple TV, the Apple TV Plus, like. They have this um, television show called um, The Morning Show. And the whole premise for the show is um, there's um, a man, his name is like Mitch Mm -hmm. Kesser or something like that. He's a co-host on The Morning Show. And um, one of the women just recently said that he had taken advantage of her. Like, you know, he violated her and he got fired from his job. And what I found to be very interesting about it is that the most recent episode, I think episode eight, did a flashback 
right to prior to him getting fired because what I found like interesting Mm -hmm. about it is that so many people were aware of what was going on Mm -hmm. right so many people like so many because you know it was just his that was just kind of his um that was just kind of his thing you know he um so he was he he was married and um but he had multiple aware uh, uh, sorry affairs with different women there was even this um the the black woman that he'd um had an affair with who she he's married i guess she didn't consider okay yeah yeah okay. he's married um but the black woman i think she was a producer on it and they'd had an affair and when she ended things he asked for her to be moved away from his team to the other to the his co-host team and I just remember thinking you know even if it was a consensual relationship with her but him just being able to like exude that power over her career you know because you broke up with me I'm no I no longer want you to be you know there and a lot of people blamed her for blamed her for it yeah you know and just even the way they interacted and you know she had to deal with so much there was one episode where like um a guy got fired because he said something slick to her about oh well you know um like whatever seen as we all know that you were having sex with you know he said it in like a derogatory Mm -hmm. way um he said the f word and he said seen as you were having sex with him and um he got fired right right he got fired and this other guy said um you know that he didn't mean what he said like i don't see why his career has to be ruined over your decisions that's what the guy said to her wow and i just was i was looking at that and i was like unbelievable and she tried to beg for the guy to get his job back because she's like it's gonna make the worse situation for her. worse for right. me yeah and I'm like I'm thinking to myself like you know but all of you guys knew that he was like you know violating and having sex with all these women and no one was hazing him no but the women who slept with him apparently like y'all are like and I was like such a double standard like such a double standard definitely wow that's and it's you know and that's and those are the type of things that silence women too because that's the backlash mm-hmm. that you can, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get if you speak up. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. even like there's like different ways that we are signs. Like if you're growing up and your parents are telling you, oh, well, you know, you need to, you know, do things this way because, you know, you don't want a guy mm-hmm. to come and harass you. You already silence her because because you already you're teaching her that if something like that happens, it would be something that she did that caused it to happen. Before, mm-hmm, before, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's very frustrating. I think having yeah. these conversations will definitely help um, and make people mm-hmm. more aware and make people more accountable, you know? Definitely, so. definitely, for sure, you know? I mean, and, you know, the thing is that I've never, um, you know, prior to, I would say, the last, like, few years or whatever, I don't think that I've ever been like blatantly sexually harassed in my work environment. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, when I was working at this one place, um, this was the, I think usually I'm not as aware and at work, I'm not paying as much attention. And this guy, he's married. And um, one time I went to work and I had on this t-shirt 
And when I tell you it was not low cut at all, it was not like it came up my mm-hmm. chest. But the thing is that, you know, when you are pleasantly and right, it doesn't <laughs> take much for, you, can't hide it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't you take much for it. everything you can't. And I remember having a conversation with this guy and the whole time his eyes were down, like just down the oh. whole entire time. And I just remember it made me feel so uncomfortable. Right so uncomfortable but I never went and said anything to HR because for one I was like I can't necessarily you know prove that this is what was going on yeah. you know what I'm saying but then not to mention our HR person was a man so I was like mm, it's I really kind don't of think like, anything's it's gonna kind happen it's kind of like a microaggression isn't it <laughs> Oh, yes, it is. Yes. But I've also been um, I've also been in a situation where it was more blatant. Like I think commenting on Yes, I'm pretty. Yes, I'm beautiful. Yes, I like to get compliments. Um, But when you're complimenting me in the workspace, I fully expect it to be about my work Don't compliment me on my attractiveness. And I, um, I've had like, um, men in a position like above me comment on my attractiveness Mm -hmm. and that makes me feel very uncomfortable but I think that that is that whole idea of like toxic masculinity is that there's this idea that you know as women we want those compliments so you're doing me some kind of favor and my friend let me tell you you are not I don't want it I'm not interested Mm, exactly Oh, but, you know, the thing about toxic masculinity that is really frustrating is that it kind of puts women in a box as far as, like, how Mm -hmm. you're supposed to behave, you know, as a woman, um, what your limitations are and knowing what those limitations are and yielding to the man and things like that. And I remember one time, you know, I'm a basketball person, you know, I don't play. So I used to play Mm -hmm. basketball, things like that. I remember this guy who was interested in dating me, but I didn't like, we never dated at all. We were just friends. And I remember I was playing Mm -hmm. basketball, you know, and I was playing defense and things like that, running up and down the court. And I remember him saying something to me because he was on the sidelines. He said, oh, calm down, calm down. You're doing too much. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm playing basketball you know you might hurt yourself you might hurt yourself that really pissed me off because I feel like if the film mm-hmm. was a guy doing that he wouldn't have said that like let me be mm-hmm. no no he certainly would not have because as women we're right fragile, right right we're weak. and so we're like of the lesser um things but you know this has been a very stimulating conversation yes, I really really enjoyed it yes. um so well, um, I think we're at the mindful minute. Moment, oh, for an aspect. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this today, um, what I thought about is, um, so we're getting to that time of the year that I truly, truly um, 100% enjoy. You guys, I love everything about the holidays. I'm definitely that person. Once Halloween comes, I am in my happy place. Right. Like, all the way down. So, you know, as we're getting closer to the beginning of the new year, um, one of the traditions that I really, truly like that I haven't participated in in like the last couple of years is actually writing down my New Year's resolution. Um, so my mindful minute suggestion for today is to write down those um, 
New Year's resolution. And, you know, I think sometimes we don't understand the power of writing something down. And I'm one of those person, people, and I'm kind of weird. I really, really enjoy and believe in the idea of energy. I believe that what you put out into the atmosphere is what you're going to get mm -hmm. back. And I think that writing it makes it more solid, right? It makes it more concrete, more this is what I want and this is what I'm going to work towards. So um, I would like to strongly suggest and um, maybe even challenge you guys to write down your New Year's resolutions and the goals and the things that you want for next year. And maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be limited to writing it down, maybe create like a vision board, you know, um, like, you know, speak it into existence, tell the universe or whoever your higher power that you believe in what it is that you're wanting and what you're going to move towards. What, what you think, girl? I what think, you think that that's a wonderful idea. Girl, I've been writing. Um, I don't wait till New Year's to do that, but I will have my New Year's list ready to go to set goals yes. for myself. And I do believe in the power of speaking things, <coughs> speaking things and mm -hmm. writing things into existence. That's a real thing because I've had my experiences yes, about yes, it. So yes. I hope that you guys try it out. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so actually in the next few weeks, I think that last week, um, our episode that comes out on December 31st, we are actually going to be talking about our New Year's resolutions. Well, first, we're going to be talking about the goals that we have accomplished this mm -hmm. year. And then we're going to talk about the ones that we want to come. So um, it's definitely a challenge that we're going to be participating mm -hmm. in. And we hope that you guys actually participated in it in it with us you know and feel free right to comment in. on it um yes so we are available on facebook we have a page it's called shading the culture and that's shading da culture and um go ahead and like us share subscribe um also we have an instagram page which is the culture shading same the thing culture. so shading da culture go ahead and follow and you know share share with your friends um subscribe write us. you know don't forget to um, write join, us yes join yes don't forget to write us our email is shading da culture at gmail.com um you know feel free to give us your feedback we do want to hear from you we are available on anchor we are available on spotify we are available on breaker we are available on radio fm and we are available on google podcasts and the more listens we get um we get the more um platforms will be available on so thank you for listening Thanks. to us bye bye, bye. <laughs>